Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Two men collide. Rival nations. It's a primitive clash, venting years of frustration. Guess what I'm trying to say is that if they can change, then you can change, and we can all change. It's time for Flats and Shanks. Can you hear me now? Yeah, so I was texting. Are we starting, are we? Sexting. You. Go. Um, hi. Right, let's do the intro. Okay, good luck. You ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of our weekly podcast, the Flats and Shanks podcast. I'm David Flatman. Oh, excuse me, I'm Tom Shanklin. Okay, fella boy. Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. It's you I'm worried about. I mean, the sound might be slightly different today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah, because... It's not going to be a lot worse, is it? No, it's not going to be a lot worse, but we are in the Celtic Man, and there's absolutely nothing, no room or anywhere we can do it, is there? So we've jumped in at Merlin's Bar. We're in a wick, we're in a wicker chair in the bar, aren't we? We are. A little bit of background noise, a couple of ladies having a coffee... I mean, you know, if you listen to this, pop over, say hello. Yeah, if you if you can hear us, I mean, a bar is my natural environment because I'm an absolute <laughs> bloody lad. Not that we're coming out live or anything like that. No, we're not. It doesn't work, does it? That. I mean, I say a bar is my natural environment. I don't actually like smashing pints that much. No, you're not. You're not a, you're not a big necker of pints either, no, are you? No, I like a drink, but I, to be honest, I prefer. What's your tipple? A couple of pints and then moving on to like red wine for a couple of hours round a dinner table while there's food and then G&T's because I'm a grown up not like you my dad's like that as well yeah he likes you're a couple of pints and then some red wine but I don't want to be I don't want to generalise here but you're Welsh and Welsh are generally the same as English football fans aren't they it's like swilling you're not, pints you're not even 40 yet mate and you're already two pints in bottle of red yeah that's alright uh, uh, that's alright hey you had a busy week you had a busy week boy uh it's been busy enough, yeah. Okay. Um, actually, before we start, did you know it's National Wool Week? What week? National Wool Week. As in sheep? As in wool, the material. Yeah, but sh- oh, wool, okay. What? Well, okay, National Wool Week. For two weeks it's going. Wow. I thought you'd be interested because you wear a lot of tweed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I've got my cashmere jacket on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's nice to see you out of a brown jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I look quite trendy, don't I? <laughs> Do you know why? I've had a, I've had a kit delivery from my uh, kit sponsor. Oh, right. 
not them, them, hang on. My kit sponsor, mate. Can you see that? Yeah, I can. Don't mention any brand names because I won't do. You know, but because Philip Knight <laughs> wouldn't yeah. like it. Is he still alive? As uh, far as I know, um, he didn't send me the stuff. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, you like my new trainers as well. Socks, same brand. Pants I'm wearing, by the way, same brand. T-shirt, hoodie. I just gave you a pair of trainers as well. You yeah, didn't same even, you brand. You don't even need them. Same brand. It's not oh. about need, is it? It's about want. Okay, yeah, okay? fair enough. So, you know, uh, even even in retirement, I'm getting elite kit deliveries, yeah? You're actually getting more now than when you played. Yeah, it's because every season that goes by... People, I reckon, forget and forget and forget how average you were and you get better and better. <laughs> One kid came up to me the other day, no joke, and he was like, can I have a picture with you? I said, yeah, sure, at a game. And he, his dad was like, you're his hero. He goes, yeah, you're my favourite player. And he was a really cute kid and he was really nervous. And I said, how old are you, mate? He said, I'm 10. I said, I retired when you were five. <laughs> like, can you remember me? He looked at me like, nope. But he right. convinced himself I was his favourite player. I'd probably get more... Say people, younger boys come up saying, "Oh God, my dad, my mum loved you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you sign it? Can you sign yeah, this for him? It's a bloody shame, isn't it? Like, yeah, no problem. I sign a tissue for him. Yeah, it's a bloody shame, isn't it? Um, just a little, mate. I've been watching a bit of TV this week, and obviously Strictly's on. I did not know Reverend Richard Cole was in the Communards. Okay, let me start by saying this: I don't know who Reverend Richard Cole's is, and I don't know what the Communards is. The common house was Jimmy Somerville. He, it was was it? Band. Yeah. Your band? Yeah. <laughs> band. Uh, what was the song they did? Oh, Don't Leave Me This Way? Yeah. Don't yeah. Leave Me This Way. That was you. It. Yeah, Don't amazing. Yeah. Oh, right. Communards. Yeah. And Richard, R- Reverend Richard who? Cole, he's on Strictly at the moment. He's just got voted off, actually. So he's not on Strictly at the moment? No. You might, still see, him. You might still see him, though. He's crying himself to sleep again. Yeah. Um, but he was in the Communards. I never knew that. Oh, right. Um, that is good to know, actually. Yeah. Kind of. A little bit of I, knowledge. I must say, I don't... I've never watched Strictly when uh, Matt Dawson was on it, wasn't he? Yeah. And I, wa- I watched a few when um, Dawson was on it because I felt like he's a really nice man, so I better support it. But even then, I'll be honest with you, mate, I, I just can't... I just Do you watch Crime Watch? I cannot watch Strictly and I cannot watch X Factor. I physically can't watch them anymore. What about Crime Watch? Do you watch that? I like a bit of Crime Watch, yeah. It's not as good as it used to be, is it? It's just nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's just nice to check up on the kids, isn't it? See what they're up to. (laughs) Um, No, but not not too busy, mate. I mean, um, I did a a good Q&A on Thursday. Q&A? Q&A. Lee Byrne, you are now. um, (laughs) No, I emceed it. So I wasn't. I you was run things, it. You running things, was it? Yeah, it was for St James's Place, and it was in a restaurant called M Restaurant in Victoria. Is that Simon Shaw's place? No, it's not. He's got one in Twickenham. Yeah, but I never knew that restaurant existed. I've driven past there loads. No, okay. Is it nice? I haven't been there. It is nice. Yeah. What um, do they do? A bit of steak? Is that what they do in there? I didn't look at the full menu, but we had steak. And did. No, I didn't. Of course you did. I said. Yeah. What? You're all right. right. And uh, but they had a nice little room out the back. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like the Great Gatsby sort of. Yeah, with a sex um, chandelier and all that. Sort of yeah, stuff. yeah, sounds alright. But it was good. Um, I'm I'm literally going to go to that restaurant and eat food. Are you? Um, yeah. Are you really going? I'm really going. I'm actually going in two weeks to Shawsy's place in Twickenham. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was there actually. Yeah. He was there. He had bruises all over his face. Apparently, it was the uh, a digger. Head-butt, he headbutted a digger. Didn't a he? digger or a driller? Yeah. Girl. It was either that or walked into a door. I mean, you can't you can't tell people you missed. Walked, walked into you? a door frame. <laughs> yeah. Shawsy. Shawsy's one of those guys that 
He's massive. Like, he's freaky big, isn't he? Huge. And his face is smashed to fuck. It's it's like Sylvester Stallone's face, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mate. It, he looks like... He looks like... He looks nothing like he looked 15 years ago. Nothing like completely like mangled face, but manages to be really, really good looking with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. But it's, it's like someone needs to get a couple of fish hooks in his face and just lift it up. And <laughs> 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 then give it a good iron. Yeah, but he looks smashed to bits, but he looks amazing with it. But and yeah, so he was there. And he always looks slick. His clothes are always yeah. good. Like, really he was sharp. there. Um, he had some flares on. I think they were flares. Yeah. Was trying to tell him about tapered trousers. Um, Serge Betson was there. It's not easy when you're 6'10". Now, that's that's a battered face. Holy moly. Yeah. That's someone else. Serge Betson, lovely man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kenny Logan. Yeah. Lenny Rob Howley. Rob Howley and Roger Utley. Oh, awesome. The 1974 British Lion. And also, he coached England. Two we, we were filming a live link the other day, and Roger Utley walked past and... Um, uh, pinched my ass and smacked Mark Durden-Smith on the ass and knocked us out of shot on the camera <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that I yeah. quite like it the old lads yeah. do that 69 year old bloke just all still right, giving you a you bit this. of a five people was it, was it all at once yes it was that's hard work mate yeah it is especially when you had one mic between them as well did you so I was, I was amongst, asking the questions them. and then yeah. between them is okay, two okay fine, amongst yeah. these big mo- okay so um, that is I'm about to say how many mics do you have I would ask a question and give probably Kenny the mic because he always likes to chip in Kenny should have just had his own mic all yeah, night. Definitely. Um, that you could turn on and off. But it's good. They were <laughs> uh, yeah, we had four rugby legends and Kenny Logan. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was a good mix, right? Because obviously Shawzy was is quite funny, Kenny Logan's quite funny. Rob Howley was very insightful. Was he? Yeah, so my first question to Rob was um you went on two Lions tours, ninety seven and two thousand and one. Yeah. You coached Wales when they won, they've won two Grand Slams. The question so far. A rugby championship. It's a series I'm of statements. Lay, I'm laying it. I'm oh, laying okay, the foundations. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And he'd been on three Lions tours where you narrowly lost to South Africa. He beat Australia. Drew against the world champions. My question is... Yeah. What's happened between you and Sean O'Brien's missus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what have you done? Yeah, what... What have you got on him? Been up to your old tricks again. I said that was obviously <laughs> a joke. I was just laying that um, in. So... Yeah, was he was he kind of insightful about that, or did he just bat it off? Um, I, I don't want to explain too much about it because it's obviously a Q and A between those four walls there. But he was he was you've, gutted you've by it amongst. But you've um, you've brought it up, so he was, don't he tell was, it, don't bring it up and then not he tell was, us. He was a little bit gutted by it, um, but really good, real real good chat about having to you know drop Ben Teo for the second test and that partnership between oh, yeah, Barrel and chat Sexton. Around that then? Well, it's just that he Ben Teo this they could not drop him lean up into the first test because he was that good yeah. but as a player there's a missed opportunity in the first test where the ball comes to him he steps inside slips you don't get many opportunities in, in these big games and that Sexton Farrell sort of John Davis combo those three work together as a unit a lot yeah. better than if Ben Teo was in there because Ben Teo is obviously a big defender he's a big yeah. ball carrier but a lot of the stuff he does is individually yeah or individual so, so, he, wor- so he kind of works alone yeah He's like Schwarzenegger in Predator. He doesn't want Dylan on board. He works alone. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's interesting. So, but with, I guess, you can't, I mean, Owen Farrell just has to play whatever, but you actually, it's those, it's those partnerships, isn't it? And how, how much are you, how much, he might be brilliant on his own, but how much is he helping out everyone else? And it also of, really, it, was, it gives a good insight as to what it was like in the final week as well he said because when they when they first turned up all the media 
all the jokes, all the cracks were were, you know, aimed towards the Lions. And yeah. the last week he said it was it was dead. No one wanted to say anything. The New Zealand public and media were actually scared that yeah. they could lose this yeah. test series. So they, he said he saw a massive, massive change in it. But but good. But, it was, good, but it was a good night all round, mate. Um, I I mean I don't know I don't know Rob Howley from Adam, but. I don't know. I quite like the fact that he. Um, it's, it's one thing, you know. Let's just be frank about it. He'll be getting paid to be there and do these things, so it's commercial opportunity, and that's his. You know, that's part of his job and that sort of stuff. It's paying the bills, but then to actually turn up and offer proper insight, like so many of these guys would be. They whether whether he offers something or not, he will repeatedly now for the rest of his life be asked to attend these events. Yeah. So the fact, so he is has the option to offer something or not. He will still, being crude about it, he will always earn a living from corporate entertainment of because of he what will. he's achieved and he where will. he's been. So he doesn't actually have to turn up and offer something, but he does, and I quite like that. Yeah, like Warren Gatland. I mean, if you ever if you ever get a chance, ladies and gents, to or realistically more more gents, if you ever get a chance to go to a corporate event where, you know, Clive, you always know you're going to get something, but Warren Gatland is actually brilliant value. Ideally, go to a dinner, not a lunch. So he's had a few beers. But he's um, very, very good value, and they a lot of these guys offer way more than you expect them to offer. In these Maybe situations. we should put a lunch or dinner on, and uh, yeah, we should a, actually do, a, do a, a dinner with Warren Gatland. So we we should I can say we should do it properly, but loads of people are doing it properly. Um, yeah, we should not do it properly. We should not. We should absolutely fuck about. <laughs> yeah, we could actually. We could, we could put a little lunch on in Cardiff or I, in. I don't know if we get the support, mate. I don't know. Don't you reckon? Uh, tweet in. Let us know. Got your fishing rod out. <laughs> yeah. It won't be too many. Nine grand a ticket. Be right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Nine grand a table. Nine grand a table. Well, it wouldn't take the piss. Table of two. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to cover Gats's feet, mate. That's the problem. Um, hey, we've got... Um, we're not going to go into it loads and loads now because there's loads of stuff to be finalised, but we've got a few uh, live pods coming up, haven't we, over the next couple do. of months? We do. Yeah, we've got a few with Fuller's. I don't quite know how they're going to actually happen, look, but apparently it's simple enough. Apparently so. We're, yeah. we're, we're in four Fuller's pubs, aren't we? In Bath, in Reading, in London, yeah, and one more somewhere, which I don't know Bath. where. Bath, Reading, London, and London. Okay. Yeah, Twickenham and the city we're in. Okay. So that'd be, so that'd be really, really cool. One of them's at the Cabbage Patch, one of them's at the Huntsman in Bath, and it's just, it'd be really good, and we're getting some big names, so we're looking at... Uh, Sam Warburton we're looking at James Haskell we're also looking at Lawrence Delario for goodness sake Donico Callahan. Donico Callahan. so yeah so actually what, what happened the, the conversation started and we we kind of had a choice and say who would you ideally get and we basically had five names and you know one of them one of them was Brian O'Driscoll and he just happens to, on the, the only date we could really use him because it's before probably before England Ireland he's actually elsewhere as you might imagine otherwise he definitely would have done it because we're his heroes um, so he's actually already booked somewhere else and we know that to be true and not an excuse by the way he does really like us he loves us tweets all the time saying what great guys we are but we actually said Haskell obvious Warby obvious um, Donacro Callahan, we've both seen him do a little bit of TV and met him a so couple of times good. and he's just the most engaging like hypnotically engaging yeah, guy yeah just don't look into his eyes yeah because you fall in love with him you, you know you'd, yeah you'd be under a spell you yeah he turned to stone he's like an Irish Medusa yeah <laughs> so he, that'll be that will be really really good fun and big lol um, I don't know like you know he, he, do, he does they basically don't, someone like lol just doesn't have to do this Not and he emailed back and this is this is probably private information but there you go 
Michelle, our agent, emailed Lowell and said, Lowell, would you do this? And he was like, let me know the date, happily help the boys out. And he never, he never once said, this is my fee, nothing like that. He just said, no problem, let me know. Happy to help the boys out. Is it okay if we talk about you know, charity I'm particularly passionate about when I'm on there? That's it. The Delalio Foundation. The Delalio Foundation. You're like, what a legend. When considering he's a proper big dog, proper icon, he just said yes. And <clears throat> he replied within 20 minutes. Yeah. No agents, nothing like that. Straight back, done. Three what? cheers for Lol. I love Lol. Mm. I love Lol. What a boy. Mm. Are you going to ask me what I've been up to, mate? Yeah, well, we've finished talking. Right, what have you been no. up to? Not a lot. Nothing? All right. How, um, was your, how was your honey love party? Love honey. That's the one. Oh, yeah. So after the last pod, I, I literally jumped in the uh, Mr. Udigawa. Remember Mr. Udigawa? From Neighbours? He owned Lassiter's. Okay. You know everyone has at the shower, they say get in the Dave Gower. Yeah. Don't forget Mr. Udigawa, mate. Don't you I forget him. I can't remember him, mate. He owned Lassiter's. Okay. Come on. Um, to jump to the Mr. Udigawa and um, had a Marcelo Bosch and then... Went over to a, <laughs> <laughs> went over to a sex toy party in Bristol. Do you have a Trevely Otter? <laughs> toilet Otter. Yeah. <laughs> Left a little toilet Otter. A Sean Gota. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Wood. Remember Martin Wood the scrum half? Yeah, yeah. Every day he used to walk, we might have said this already, but he used to walk every day. Go. He said, "All right, lads, I'm off for a clap," and he'd get a newspaper or magazine, stick it under his arm, and walk out the front. We come back in half an hour later, and he walk in and say, oh, "That bastard wants its back snapping." <laughs> <laughs> He won't go down. He won't go. He won't stay down. Anyway, um, so yeah, it wasn't actually a sex toy party, but it was like, it was a long, like extended, really, um, really, really interesting Q and A with these two guys, uh, Richard Neil from Bath, who've effectively, they were internet nerds, and they basically said, "There's a couple of opportunities here. It's either going to be stitch work and craft work, or sex toys, or sex toys, because there's an opportunity there, and the only people selling sex toys are creepy pornographers." And we're not about that. We're about normalising it, making it completely fine, and just selling stuff that people want without being less mis- and being, you know, what non-misogynistic. Pe- what and do people want? They want uh, the biggest sellers are the Love Honey Rabbit XL. 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 Okay. I know. Which I mean, as soon as they said that, I felt threatened and intimidated <laughs> by it. Um, also, the the thing the I think the number one bestseller is the Slimline Butt Plug. And I said, "Who do you know who you sell these things to?" And, he, and this is this is kind of this is a bit punchy. This everyone, so beware. But okay. these guys talk about sex toys like we talk about tea and coffee. Okay, they're not. Everyone's giggling in the room. They're not giggling. They're just like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. You don't talk about sex all the time." But they're not deviants or anything. Like that. They're just they're into making money, you know. Yeah. And growing the business. So it's like the, our number one toy is this, and they pulled out a slimline butt plug, <clears throat> a slimline butt plug. And he's like, I'm wearing one now. He's like, you really? He said, no, but I could be. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, this is our number one toy. And it's like, oh, right. And he's like, have any of you um, got kids going off to uni? And a lot of people put their hands up. He goes, yeah, we sell them mainly to kids of about uni age. And the reason we think we want to do it, we sell them mainly to girls of yeah. sort of 18 to 20 years old. That's our biggest market. And you're like, why is that? He goes, we think they, they think they're going to get asked to do things they haven't done before at uni. And this is like, and I was like, whoa. And those people, all those blokes yeah. in the room were like, my daughter's just gone to uni because it's in Bristol. My daughter's just gone to uni. He's like, yeah, um, we all did it, mate. Anyway, so what we did then was we got a new FD in and it was honestly like, oh, it was savage, but they were so good. And then I went to dinner the next night and they were there and I went to dinner two days later and they were there. It got a bit weird in the end. We're sitting on the same table every Jeez, night. You'd be on the board soon, won't you? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. It's just, it's, you bring, know, you know. Bring out, bring out the was, flatman. There was a... <laughs> the rhino. <laughs> Would you call it a rhino XL? No. <laughs> At the Rhino Medium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the baby born rhino. <laughs> <laughs> they could bring your one out and call it the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> the rhino fetus. The glow stick. The rhino fetus. No, I mean, oh. jo- jokes aside, we're both perfectly happy with how we put together. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was really really interesting. And I, I also hosted um, a dinner for Matt Hampson, the Matt Hampson Foundation. That's right, I saw that on um, on yeah. Twitter. Do you know there are a cu- couple of things on the night that loads of stuff's worthy of mention, but a couple of things on the night were our first chat was with Danielle Waterman and Rachel Burford, so two women's rugby players and. They were... What's their chat like? They have a good chat? They funny yeah, stories? really good chat. Really? They're great crack. And I, you know, because of all the like TV stuff... Putting like DP I, and sports bras. I regularly... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all shat in her boots. And, no, 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 that stuff. But I, I, so I, I do a lot of the, you know, I speak to a lot of TV producers and stuff and I'm always saying, and I'm always saying to Michelle, I really think that, I mean, I, you know, I did the Women's World Cup with Maggie and I, I love Maggie and she's my, she's my children's favourite woman in the whole world because okay. she's beautiful and she smiles yeah you know so they they love her because we're trying to teach them that happy people are beautiful people and that sort of stuff so and all that bullshit i know it's true so but i keep saying you know she's the only one who's really doing it and i'm like seriously burford's got a bit more rachel's got a bit more time left in the game danielle's in her last season a couple of seasons kind of thing and i was like you've got to look at someone like nolly um who is danielle waterman everyone calls her nolly you've got to look at someone like nolly for the tv stuff because She'll be really, really good. I've done loads of dinners with her now. Yeah. She's, there, she's really, I really... I see, like, you've got nicknames for her and everything. Yeah, everyone calls her Nolly. It's her okay, little Twitter yeah, handle. Yeah, just her friends. Just her best friends, her soulmates. Um, but she will, I reckon, five years from now, she'll be a regular face on... Really? Rugby TV, yeah. She's, she's very, very good. And she's fun. Like, you know, it's not... A lot, a lot of people haven't done TV before. A wooden. They've got a bit of insight. But they're not fun. Um, so she's got oh, the right, insight. Nice. She's played at the mega level. And, but anyway, that, that was fun. But then, but then the... the the second Q&A we had was... Um, when did you do the first Q&A? After starters? Yeah. It was three Q&As is a lot, mate. Um, yeah. So it's three Q&As. So the first Q&As are those two after main course. Then the second Q&A was with uh, Hambo himself, Henry Fraser. You know Henry. Yeah. Does the mouth paint. He's re- uh, released a book, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I mean, everyone Saw loves that. him. He's, he's, he's on Jonathan f- Ross as well. On Jonathan Ross. He's changed. I said, you changed, mate. You're a knob now. Yeah. It came up in like a swanky jacket and polished shoes. I was like, mate, you'd never get the wear out of them. You'll never get the wear. He's got a shoe sponsor. He loves it, mate. He loves the crack. Far into him, you know. Yeah. And his brother always helps him out. And holds his brother's just retired as well from Saracens, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. He had a bit of an interesting chat from him yesterday as well. But one of his other brothers is there with him helping him out. And they're ripping into him and a load of old... They went to my school, those boys. And there's okay. a load of old school chat and they'll... Henry gets abused like everyone else. It's brilliant. And then... But on top of that, Ed Jackson was there. Yes. And... I was particularly keen to get Ed Jackson on stage because he's an old mate of mine and he's had this horrible time and he is just like, I mean, you say this sort of stuff, there are, there are loads of inspirational people around that have had horrible things happen to them, but there just aren't many like Jacko. They're just, he's just like super unique positive. pushing it. Super positive, but real. He's like, yeah. you know, I tell you what, when the lights go off at night, it's different. You know, it's not all smiles, that sort of stuff. So he's not relentlessly positive, but... He's exactly what my thing. He is exactly the same bloke as before he broke his neck, and it kind of yeah. made me think. Well, why wouldn't he be? I assumed he would be yeah. devastated or I don't know, frail or something. But he's not. It was just great crack, ripping the piss out of me, which actually pissed me off. And I told him he could fuck what off. Did he say? I can't remember. He gave me a. We're talking about fitness or something. And he, gave me a, he said, "I still do you in a three k fat or something like that." Yeah. 
And I said, you joke, mate. I will fucking whack you in a minute. Um, and then he started taking the piss out of my shoes, which are burgundy handmade Italians. Don't worry about it. Well, do they, were they the shoes that have buckles on or laces? No, they're just burgundy brogues. They go really nicely okay. with a navy suit or a grey suit. Do you have a... You wore navy? Yeah. Not brown? No, navy. Oh, wow. Well done, mate. I'm actually just having a couple Little of... steps. Uh, I'm actually having a couple of jackets made at the moment. Oh, one of them's yeah. navy. Good. One of them's... You look, one of you them's look like good in navy. Grey, like grey charcoal you, thing. You've killed, like, the brown jacket now, mate. If I'm honest with you. You have to wear something different. Yeah. The thing is, I've got, like, three of them. They all look sim- They all look almost the same. Yeah, I know. Like, they might have a different pattern on but you can't tell, can you? No, everyone thinks you're wearing the same thing. I'm like Princess Dino. I never wear the same dress twice. <laughs> so anyway, we had this Q&A and it, it, they were all amazing. But Jacko was just yeah. legendary, you know, and I'm doing a few stuff. I'm doing a few things. I'm doing something with him this week as well. Um, but then you do, then you have the auction because that's after. Do you do the auction? No, no, no. Uh, Charlie Morris did the auction. He's brilliant and he's top of the range. And then you've got, um, right at the end, you've got kind of the celebi Q&A, which is the rockstar one. So on that with Dylan Hartley, Paul Gustard, yep. Mike Tyndall, Jim Hamilton. Oh, good. And it was like, right, let's get serious. Loads of people had loads of rugby questions. I was like, Tins, let's talk about throwing dwarfs at walls, mate. Did you get people to ask questions from the audience? Yeah, but in the end, we got a few people wrote some down, but we just didn't get there. We just dicked yeah. around. and um, They're all great, those boys. And uh, Jim Hamilton, he's a classmate. Yeah. Very, very funny guy. And there's a bit of beef on Twitter that apparently Joe Marler doesn't like him. So Joe was there on the night. So I stirred it up and I said, you know, I don't want to be a shit stirrer, but Joe Marler's here and he thinks you're an absolute bellend and Jim you're a tough guy but there's no you've got a fist made of sponge you say it yourself there's no way you could have Joe in a fight and he's like I'm up for a white collar boxing match for charity and all that sort of stuff and he went on and on and he was like the, thing, the issue with me is I can get insurance whatever it is but Joe's a pro athlete so he's going to struggle for insurance and I'm sure he's got the contacts and he's got the money to pay for it but eventually he's going to people who ask him people he's asking to insure him are going to do some research they're going to Google me and they're not going to let him do it because they're going to they're not going to insure him, you know, to go in the ring with an absolute fucking killer. <laughs> it was very, very funny. It was very, very funny. And then there was this, someone got a picture of Joe and Jim talking to each other at the dinner. Yeah. And Jim just, someone sent it to Jim and Jim just said, we're just sorting out the insurance, mate. Like, we're, you know. Do you know what I like about um, Joe Marler? He's just so humble. Oh, he's sweeping the changing rooms. Sweeping the changing rooms with a Dyson. I love that. So humble. Stay love, humble. Just stay humble, guys. I love that. Do you know, it's funny that because... You know, I tweeted about this whole Steve Hansen getting yeah, back I saw that. the bus. I just every coach does it though. Every, every coach, coach does it, and do you know what? I, I just can't help thinking that is staged and it is bollocks. However, and pretty much everyone agreed with me, although hardly anyone in the game agreed with me. It was all fans, so we don't know. Yeah. But something interesting happened. I sent that tweet out, and I thought some people are going to get pissed off, and some people did. And I don't do stuff to be provocative. It just annoyed. No. I just thought it was funny, and I thought, oh, come on, come off it. And then um, someone, now and again, a like, when someone like a verified or famous or whatever likes it, it pops up on your screen and it said, Carl Heyman likes your tweet. I was like, ah, he would know. And he's a straight shooter, Carl. Got a nibble. So I was like, hang on a minute. Okay, I'm onto something. And then John Arfoa, who also is a man with zero bullshit in his system. Yeah. He said, mate, you're, you're, you know, you're on the wrong lines. Okay. Everyone calls him Shag or whatever, don't they, Steve Hans? Shag, yeah. he's been doing this since day one. You got to earn it, mate. He's been doing it since day one. It's who he is, and I was, I was like, you know, I absolutely bow to John's experience and knowledge in there. But then Joe liked it as well, and it, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the boys bit on it, and because Haskell's done a couple of, he's done a couple of changing room sweeping yeah. shots lately, but genuine ones, like oh, just just sweeping the changing room. Sorry about that. He's given someone his phone to film him. 
And so he's done a bit of that. So then I said, all the English lads, stop it. Stop doing that. So Joe did one on Friday night. Very, very funny. If you haven't seen it, I loved it. He's a funny man. And he doesn't give a single frig, which I quite like. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Leo Vegas bet the week. Yeah. Last week came in again. I think I might be four on the bounce, big boy. Yeah. Bet the Cardiff Blues to beat the Gwent Dragons by more than three points. And it ended up being 43-29. Close yeah. first half. Oh, the kids are in luck, aren't they? Who are we betting this week? For children in need, Tommy. Via Leo, Leo Vegas. We are... I'm going to have a bet because I'm going to the game on Racing 92 against Leicester Tigers. In Paris. At Paris. Yes. And I am going to bet on Leicester Tigers to win that game. All I'm going to say is Leicester Tigers to win. That's it. So by that, I mean by one point or more. Leicester Tigers to win. Tigers to win away from home in Paris. All right. Get into it. Deal with it. Terms and conditions do apply. Make sure you're over 18. Let's talk rugby. Let's do our rugby section. Yeah, we've got to do it, mate. We've got to do it. We've got to fit it in there. Um, before we, before the issue, we, hang on. The issue I have with the rugby section is yeah. that this week it's of interest to listeners, I presume, our views on some stuff. But podcasts are all about back catalogs, so you stumble across a podcast, like it, and you listen to the old ones. That is how podcasts work. And it's, this is irrelevant six but weeks we from do, now. We do get some people who listen to it as we go, mate, as well. So you've got to cater to both. Yeah, all right. right. I'm not saying don't um, do it. I'm just, you know. Did you happen to watch uh, New Zealand South Africa? No, I haven't seen. I've, you know, all I've seen is the Nehe Milner Scudder offload, which is outrage. <sighs> oh, for the past. It's gonna, outrage. Uh, we'll tweet that later. He's gone at full pelt down the wing, cuts inside, puts it round the back to Aaron Smith. If Aaron Smith had gone for the line, I think he would have scored. But you know, he, he tries to cut back inside. Will Greenwood did a tweet about it and did a little commentary alongside it. And he says, it, I think he says something like, it's the best offload you'll ever see. And I'm, I'm not sure he's wrong. I don't know. Quay Cooper threw a great one for the Reds, the Queensland Reds, a few years ago. I saw Tommy, Tommy Castagnier throw one once where he dummied. He was at fly half, ball yeah. coming from his left from Kieran Bracken. And he gets the ball and he's a runner on his inside. 
and he puts the ball on his left hand, so he's at 10, and he dummies it, does a little flick inside, but a dummy, and then he chucks the ball into his other hand and does a one-handed dummy out to the right. Yeah. So his ball's gone left, ball's gone right, and then he gets the ball and whips it back across in front of himself in a little mini torpedo underneath his left hand, back inside. So he goes inside, outside, inside, and the defence was like... Yeah, if you get that, fuck? listeners... You might want to rewind that and close your eyes and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> might make more sense then. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think it's the best offload I've ever seen, but it was class, like full pace, round the back. Um, I did one over my head once against Bristol. <laughs> I did. I got tackled and threw it, literally dropped it over my right shoulder. And I think it went to Chris Brooker, who was our hooker at the time. Brooker the hooker. I think it was Brooker. And I remember Steve, me and our coach saying, that is, that is one of the best offloads I've ever seen. Really? And it was intentional. And do you know what it actually was? And I had almost, if I were in top trumps, my skills would have been one or two. It was just, it was just one day it just happened. I, know, I never did anything that flashy like that in the game. But no. probably the flashiest thing I did was, it was like, it was a, a scrum against the head. We won it, we won it for, for Wales. A scrum against the head. It came down the line um, to me. And I had it in my hands. I dummied the, uh, I bought the winger on a switch. Yeah dummied him yeah. everyone fell for it around the outside to score oh stops the ojo and it was against um, stops the ojo against Australia <coughs> slash oh. Romania <laughs> <laughs> that rugby hothouse I remember, I remember playing against Bath once at the wreck when we were playing for Saris and it was pissing with rain I think it was night time or whatever ball was really greasy and I remember that night Tony Dipros did two unbelievable things he was so skillful so one line out I, lifted, I ran around the back and lifted Dippy it wasn't that easy to lift actually Dips but got a bit of spray on him and you could hold him up and, he's, and he was sick of our scrum half mate doing something or their scrum half doing something or their seven at the back and he said next line out he goes next call he goes just hold me up don't let me down so I'm 18 and it's quite, yeah. he's quite heavy yeah he's over, a big bloke isn't he big bloke so the first thing he did was held him up and he caught the ball and I held him up and he literally oh, I mean this must be on TV somewhere he had the ball in his right hand and he literally swivelled in the air and American football passed it to our fly half to Alan Penneau just to cut out their yeah. seven it was like oh my god that skill but then the ball, the ball was like bub- bubbling, bobbling around loose on the floor near the touchline, the left-hand touchline at the red near the main stand. And Dippy runs towards it. And you, what you're going to do there is dive on it. And I'm thinking if he dives on it, it'll just slide into touch. What's the point? And he, di- he like dives. And as he dives, he does a David Campisi one-handed pickup. And in the same movement, flips it out the back. But he puts a, it's a five-metre reverse spin pass. It's yeah. just popped. You're like, to a runner, you're like... So good. Do you know he reminded me of? Good. He reminded me of Michael Owen, the number eight for Wales. Yeah. They're both really, really skillful. Not the, not like, didn't have uber amounts of power or yeah. pace, but just, like being able to throw passes 30 metres off both hands, no problem being able yeah. to offload, being able to hold the ball one hand out yeah. the back, the lot. So you saw that game and apparently it was an epic test. It was an epic test. They lost by a point. Um, I'm gutted they lost that. I'd love South Africa to I know. Right and I think, it, I think everyone's realised now South Africa are not going to roll over when they come to the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, they'll batter <laughs> it's Wales. It's no longer the Wales banker. They'll batter Wales, mate, won't they? But Delande, Delande got sent off right at the end. Delonde. Char- yeah, Delande for charging down a drop yeah. kick. There's a, lot, there's a lot of torn opinions with that. Yeah. His elbow connects with Saponga's... His wrist bone. His wrist bone connects. Saponga's face. But he had plenty of time to pull out of that. Um, he's obviously bracing himself to take contact after charging down the kick, but it was stupid. Yeah. He, he knew what he was doing. It was a professional foul. It was Trey Stupid. Elbow connected with the head, although very lightly. So, 
probably the right decision yeah in my book um but then at the end as well you know Slavica coming back and excuse me for that noise oh, um, what is that noise jeepers someone's wrapping something in cling film Mate, it's, like, it's like it's like will spencer on saturday afternoon <laughs> rap, wrapping boys up but right at the end as well someone from new zealand comes right in at the side the ref doesn't pick it up and it, it looked quite blatant just when south africa on the on the charge down yeah. the field yeah turnover game loss thing is that's rugby union tom and you know that as well as i do old, old chum hopefully it's not super noisy here i mean i think it probably is that's why they don't film radio shows in public bars um, what games were you at the weekend? I was at London Irish Leicester on Saturday, commentated on that with Nick Mullins and Austin Healy. And Bob Casey game. was there too. Yeah, closer than it should have been really. It was really odd. Um, I mean, at the risk of repeating everything I said on Channel 5 last night, it's Monday morning here by the way. Um, we're recording this post-workout, both of us been to the gym. Oops, stop Ojo. So it was, it, London Irish defence just isn't at it. They're on different pages. You've got some drifting because haven't got the numbers you've got some hitting in you know sort of making hero tackles sometimes it works but then you get someone like George Ford and then you get someone like and Matt Tamua yeah they just make they'll make you look stupid so easily hey, Tamua what a sign he's been mate he is How, leathering people as well in defence le- leathering, leathering people, people. in defence but his passing he's a, he's yeah there's, there's not many ball playing 12s out there they're so hard to come by and someone that can tackle as well and hit it up as well as be like a, yeah. a second ten. He's so, like. Do you know who I reckon they should make into a twelve? Reese Patchell. Yeah. <laughs> Copying me <laughs> from said last that every week, week for last year. But it was. It, but then you got Gareth Owen, the Welsh lad, who's kind of been around the clubs a bit. He looked really impressive, and you don't quite know if he's going to look impressive against a great defence because London Irish haven't got their defence sorted out yet. Not at all. And this, this is one of those. Um, you can talk about this on podcast, not really on the telly, but this is one of those little interpersonal conundrums you have because the London Irish defence coach. Is well, all their coaches? They're not friends. You know, friends of mine, but I would, I would always stop and chat. They're kind of mates, and yeah. Declan Danaher, the defence coach, is one of them. He was a, he was a fantastic defender. But they, there's just a bit of work to do there. But you just do. It's funny. You have this situation where, being frank about it, you get asked a question on TV. Why do you think London Irish are conceding points, averaging ten to twelve points in the first quarter, and they're conceding and only scoring two in a bit? Yeah. Why is that? And people talk about a slow start and you have a, you have a it's a terrible start for but, but you, ha- you have a split you have a split second say do I do I say what I actually think and be honest yes do what I'm paid to do even though I'm effectively criticising my friend uh, my mate and you, you just do you know what you just have to do it if you're going to be in this game yeah they understand that the player, the lads don't mind but you just there is you're just not there split. to be their mate you're there to, to get some to be insight honest, and, and I, I want to be friendly yeah. but equally you know you I've got a lot of lads who I really like spending time with at Gloucester here and there, you know, or like, like bumping into at Gloucester. But last week yeah. they were awful, and you say they're awful, and it, there you just have these little split seconds where you think, "Am I going to be honest?" And I, hopefully, every single time I say, "Right, I'm going to be honest." Like we'll talk about Freddie Burns' red card in a minute, and okay. I've bloody love Freddie Burns. Well, well done you though, mate. Okay. No, but is it no? But one point is, it's so easy not to, and people know really, really criticise people when they don't. And it's not like I'm a brutal pundit. I'm not. I'm no. not Roy Keane. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could fluff around the truth, really, and make... Yeah. Yeah. But no, you, yeah. Have, to, you have to be honest, mate, because that's what, you paid, so, that's what you're paid to do. But you know, it's like sometimes your opinion is fluffy. Yeah. So like the other day, I asked Ben Kay on TV yesterday, Nick Mullins put him right on the spot in the game. He goes, right, Dylan Hartley or Jamie George for England? And then they, Ben gave this answer, 
and he sort of fluffed it a bit. He didn't. And they, they, sorry, they took the piss out of him for fluffing it a bit yeah. or dodging it. And I don't think he dodged it. His opinion actually matches mine. And you say, well, actually, Dylan is just such a senior figure that I reckon he will. But I also reckon Jamie George will start some games in the autumn, so they're pretty close. And it's easy for a fan to say, don't pick Hartley, pick him. Well, don't pick George, pick him. Pick the but British line. Both for different stuff, different stuff. You yeah. Know? So you, sometimes you you sound fudgy when you're not. When, when you actually don't know yourself. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know who you yeah. pick. Um, Quinn Sale Sharks. How good was Danny Kerr? Mate. Un, like mate in, apart from one intercept pass which we won't we'll, don't worry we won't about, talk that. about that yeah but when you try as much as he tries his his ability to scan the field yeah. is I think when you look at him every single ruck his head's up he's looking I know that I know that's simple and scrum should do that but loads no one don't. No, loads don't and no one does it as good as him yeah always looking that first kick for Tim Viss's try bare jokes mate even bare the second even his second kick for Tim Viss's try but the but the second kick had to be a different kick because you had to take it away from it the did. breakdown. And that was straight off the training field as well. You could tell that was uh, something they pre-worked at. After yeah, yeah. Clerk was on the wing, yeah. the fullback had gone. Credit to Nick Evans for that, I reckon. Yeah, credit to Nick But the kick has to be perfect and it just sat up perfectly yeah. for him. Um, I've always said, Tommy, that I've always said that Danny Kerr on his day, I think in your own 22 or 20, 20 to 30 metres out from your own line, Ben Youngs is terrifying. Because he can just rip you apart. He's so quick. Yeah. He's actually a lot stronger than he looks. All over that. the field, I found, personally, or we found when I played, Danny Kerr, the hardest guy to play against. The He's got everything. The first try where it's, um, I think it become, it's, it's off a turnover. And it's just that understanding between Visser and Kerr because Visser just all of a sudden hits his wing really yeah. quickly. Um, there's no communication there at all. No. It's just Danny Kerr looking up. He sees Visser. Visser knows what he wants. It's prep. It's prep. That's what it is. It, it's, yeah, it's just that knowledge and that game understanding which is, yeah. come through they're just on the same wavelength which has come through a bit of time together a bit of playing together Shared knowing each other cohesion. yeah exactly um, so I he's good um, I love that I love that Mike Haley's try was really good as well Mark Merchant looks better every time as well every game he looks better and better yeah he's um, yeah, a lot, he's lot, of, lot of 13s doing well in England at the moment Henry Trinder oh yeah, we, 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 yeah we'll get on to him oh, in a bit um, Slade as well yeah Jonathan Joseph looked really good again Saturday Elliot Daly of you know you've got loads you've got four or five lads that can play 13 for England Luther Burrell is playing the best he's played since he got binned before the World Cup for Sam Burgess which seemed to knock him he's playing the best he's played in a couple of years he looks really good he made it we'll get on to that but he made a great break in the Saints game yeah we'll talk about that now Gloucester 29 yeah. Northampton 24 so Luther made a great break and you know what it's like you made a great break but you're, you're 20 yards in from the touchline effectively running directly forwards due north yeah. and your only option is a 15 metre pass off your left hand at full chat and there's a defender sticking his arm in the way that's a hard pass it is and it was bang on try time that's, really, when, really that's when he goes straight through the middle isn't it yeah. off the left hand scrum yeah. it's because Willie Hines is defending in, uh, in the centre channel and all of a sudden he starts back pedalling it's because scrum oh, right. not naturally are used to defending in the line especially yeah. out wide yeah. and he just gets himself in a little bit of a pickle because he should keep moving forward yeah. but as he's as he's seen what's in front he starts sort of he slows down starts backpedalling and all of a sudden then Burrell hits that real tight angle yeah. and goes through um, Super. but Willie Hines' tribe is mega wouldn't it you see that yeah so good he's I mean, quick, was it, was it, he's quick yeah he's quick but for me that was just it was a great try, but it was shocking defence. Yeah, yeah. He okay. should he should have been taken down. Even okay. the even the first try, um, there's uh, Gloucester score. There's a four v two, 
on the left-hand side. Northampton yeah. only put two players over there. Yeah. There's four Gloucester players. They're using Hines as a, an extra defender, but it's just bad marking up. Yeah. You know, if you've got four players there, you know, you're not going to be able to defend with two defenders no. and hoping that Iskramath can come across. Yeah. So it, it was sort of it was bad marking up there by Northampton, okay. and then Burrell just can't drift. Yep. Goes over. Has to stick. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, let's talk about Trinder. Trinder. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? <clears throat> there are some players, uh, you know, especially in the backs, where as a pundit commentator, like, I'll try and delay my praise just because I don't feel like I know enough yet. Yeah. And because I, you will see someone play for 10 minutes and you'll know. Like, I'll see a prop at a couple of scrums and I'll know. I don't yeah. have that knowledge of the backs. I've got a bit, but not as much as you. So I've waited and waited. And I've seen him play really well a few times. That was the first time I've ever... Got the, I got the extended highlights on this website thing we've got and I said so the whole ball in play and I watched him basically the whole game I did a player cam on him which is nerdy yeah. on my phone in a hotel on my own hmm. on Saturday night and um, before, before the crawler boxing match crawler against Burns which is awesome um, and I and I just thought this guy is I've always wondered is he electrically quick and his acceleration looked fantastic yeah. like, he looked so agile and powerful balanced and as well balanced, when he runs like, you would not you I would hate to play against him so I thought I was actually watching him thinking he is the real deal if he stays fit he's that's his problem though staying fit he's a long is. injury but I'm not seeing that there's not many players that come back from long injury like that and fit straight back in to amazing it. especially in a position like that where you've got so much thinking I know. to do and um, John was good you know his second try it's um, it's Ludlow yeah who points left yeah you know, had, had he not pointed it, had he not shouted at Hines, that yeah. ball would not have gone to Trinder. Yeah, but it, was, good, eh? it was just a one-on-one. Yeah. Trinder steps inside, but that, he, that's down to him, that try, because yeah. you can see him shouting at Hines. Hines is going to pass right. Yeah. Ludlow's going left, left, points. So Trinder. it's good to see it, but it's also good to shout at a senior player when you're a junior player yeah. and say, you, get it left, get it left. It's good, that. It's good. That's good balls. But also, it's a hell of a finish, that. I know. Great footwork. And his acceleration off the mark, I, I love him, and... You speak to, <clears throat> I spoke, tell you who I spoke to about it, who I regard as an authority, Yeah, is James Simpson Daniel, because he's a grumpy northern bastard, and he was... You can see a lot of him in that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He's a bit bigger than James Simpson Daniel, but he's that type of balanced runner, isn't he's he? He's taller, but he's not stockier bottom Doesn't half. Doesn't slow down when he steps. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> and I said, what's he like? And he, he said, I remember Mike Tyndall saying on TV... If when he's fit, James Simpson Daniel is the best back in England. He's the best. He's that good. And I played against him bad loads of times, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, argue that he was just freaky. But James Simpson Daniel said to me, when Trinder's fully fit, he said this to me a while ago. When he's fully fit, he's proper, proper international class. Like he's that good. Yeah. And you just wonder, like, there's someone's going to twist their ankle at some point, but there, there just ain't room for all these guys because you, no. you know. The, the guys you've got are 13 potentially Jonathan Joseph again as I said looked great and yep. his, his finish against Worcester was fab because he had to defenders closing in he needed wheels he needed precision and all that stuff and that was a lovely finish that so this competition is great for us lot. and Woodward's been a great sign as well for, oh, for yeah. Gloucester he again electric isn't he it's too easy for him to catch that ball though Tom Collins gets himself in a right mess yeah. doesn't even get off the ground doesn't even get near it no he's had a great He's, he's had, had a great, great start few weeks, to the season, Colin, yeah. But that, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's just one error, isn't it? But yeah. um, it's it's tough that. But you you know you are if you play international level, you are going to get peppered with kicks like that. Um, Bath Worcester twenty nine thirteen to Bath. Yeah, it's all right. The, the big talking point was um, <coughs> the two talking points for me were how good is Zach Mercer? Oh my god, he's amazing. 
Um, he's he's different from Sam Simmons, but both they're both just fantastic young back rowers. Yep. You just think those boys in an England team now and they do all right, and they're kids, you know. So um, kids in the game, but the big talking point was Freddie Burns' red card, and you know we we filmed a couple of versions of the clip where we talk the link where we talk about it. Mike Durden Smith and I filmed a couple of versions of it because of yes. the light kept changing and it looks weird on the camera okay. and stuff. So in one of them, I don't, I don't think they put it on last night. Mark Durden Smith said a lot of people are saying that shouldn't have been a red. I said I think you'll find ninety nine point eight percent of those people are Bath fans. Respectfully, okay. everyone else thinks he is spearing at forty five degrees towards the floor, feet in the air, head first. And all right, he sticks his arm out, but he lands on his head. He shits himself, and shoulder at the <laughs> he same shits time. Himself. Yeah. So that's a red card. It is. Me. He picks him up, elbow comes up, does not yeah. then let go and try and hold him. Just powers him into the ground. Yeah. And it's funny because one, one of the guys on site says, are you going to be all right saying that about Freddie Burns because he's your mate? And one of the Saris guys says, what are you going to say about Freddie Burns? He's your mate, isn't he? That's, I said, that's the job, mate. It's funny how people still think like that. It's a, it's a, it is a red card. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a soft one. You know, you see far worse spear tackles than that. But he picks him up. He lifts him up. He powers him into the ground. His head and shoulder hit simultaneously. Yeah. Very different from Gareth Owen on Greg Thompson, if you ask me. Landed, landed on his landed on his upper back for me that's a yellow yeah a definite yellow versus a definite red and you know hey nothing personal mate is it hey tell you something else about Freddie Burns right yeah how about this speaking to Ed Jackson the other night found this out I said um, so when you I said you know Jacko you break your neck you're in you're properly in Shitsville you're having a terrible time you want your mates to gather around you I said what, what's the first thing Freddie Burns did what? and he said he took my car mate he said, you ain't going to be using it. Can I have it? He took my whip. He's got a big Merc 4x4. Lovely bit of kit. Burns, he took it off him straight away. He's been ragging it around bar, telling everyone it's his. All right, I'm hamming it up a bit. He took over the lease and paid yeah, it and told him yeah, it was Jacko's. Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah. he took Jacko's car. And I said to Freddie, when are you going to give it back? He goes, well, he can't have me in a fight now, so I'm keeping it. Fuck him, is what he said. Exact words. Exact words. Fair enough. Allegedly. Um, just, just on the... Um, Jacko's got his car back now. Just on the South Gun New Zealand game, I forgot to mention. Um, Malcolm Marks, hooker. Yeah, Wolzers. Wow. See the clips. Wow, what a player. A cross between Scott Britz and Mike Tyson. He was huge. Etzebeth was huge as well. Um, just, we have to mention him because he was that good on the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hell, of a, hell of a boy. He's, he's the... They seem to wheel them out, don't they? Just so you know, mate, because I know you're really interested in the um, the Welsh derbies. Um, as I said earlier, the Blues beat the Dragons 43-29. Dragons were really good first half. Our St- mate Henson. Are they still going, the Dragons? Yeah. Our oh, mate Henson. They've been doing right, I'm mate. only playing. Henson was slick and They got super calf, mate. They just fell and away. They just fell away second And you're half. telling me he's gone for Wales. he never played for Wales again. He won't play for Wales again. All right. He's too old, mate. You've got to bring the youngsters through. You've got to bring the likes of Patchell. Into 12. We've got Patching Scott Williams. 12. Oh, good. Here we go. Um, Tom James was good. Seb Davis was good for for Cardiff. He's, he's one to watch, mate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Scarlet's beat the Ospreys again. Steph Evans. Steph Evans again. Standard. It's, it's just bog standard, mate. He has to play. It's like Johnny May now. Just scores every week. He, he has to play for Wales. Yep. Like, he'd be the first the first of the back three yeah, on that team play. sheet. He will play. He will play. But, but then you've got George North, Liam Williams and Lee Halfpenny. You know, Easy, mate. I'm sorry. It's well, easy. One's gonna, I'm sorry, one's Shanko. Have it's to easy, go. mate. Steph Evans, George North, Liam Williams in your back three. It's easy. It's so easy. I'll go for that. Depends who they play at 10, though, mate. That's the problem you got. Got the mate bit. Who are they going to play at 10, then? Well, it depends if they play Patchell or Bigger. Or Biggs. 
If they play Patchell, never met, never met bigger. If they play Patchell, they're gonna they're gonna need Lee Halfpenny for his they play Patch for his kicking. They're not gonna play Patch at twelve because they got Scott Williams, who is class. Yeah, he's, good. he's absolute class, and he's a, already a proper twelve. He's not converting. Yeah, but if they play Patchell at ten, if they go with the yeah. Scarlets backline, they're gonna have. They, I think they're gonna have to have Lee Halfpenny in for his kicking because he's a better yeah. kicker than Patchell. Whilst Dan Bigger, if he plays at ten, they don't necessarily have to have Lee Halfpenny. That's why I think Dan Bigger will play. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that'll do us, won't it? Questions, question time. Yeah. Um, Prime Minister's question time. Okay. It's question time with Tommy and Davey. We've got one from um, Andy Machard. Whatever. Whatever. Um, do New Zealand have the best 10 and 15 in world rugby? Yes, I think they do. Yep. She's talking about Barrett and McKenzie. Yep. McKenzie's not a big bloke. Small not a big bloke. bloke. Rugby is for all shapes and sizes. I've always said if you're big enough, okay, you're good enough. Um, you know I've always said that. Duncan Edwards on Twitter says, has the law changed about not joining a mall in front of the ball? Twice Barrett ended up in front of George as he scored. In two of George's tries, looked like Barrett joined the mall and slid in from um, in front of George to block defence. Oh yeah, an interesting one. Uh, no, the law hasn't changed, but Barrett actually, I think, from memory, and it is memory because I was watching on the touchline, not with replays, but you... Barrett actually joined from the back. If you join roughly from the back and slip up and slip yeah. up to the side, you're all right. What you can't do is run up sort of three or four people in front of the ball and clamp on the side. But, you know, it's one of those things that you can just do and it works the same way for both sides. You can just, as long as you, you're not flying forward, way yeah. past the ball, you're going to get away with it. Um, I've got a question here from uh, Craig Yandel. Remember Yando? You know Pinhead. Yando, Pinhead. The question from, actually, he's actually put his name Pinhead on there. Uh, serious question for a change because... Craig Gandell, for those of you that do remember, uh, you'll know, is a is a bell end. And also, those of you who don't remember, he played for Saris for years, Lara Show, anyway. Yes. Great player, nine feet tall, tiny head, hence Pinhead. Um, I have re- recently been invited to a special boat service, aka SBS, boxing dinner, and I'm proper excited as I only get to go to rugby dinners and not often enough if anyone's looking for a table filler with limited chat. He's actually great on a dinner because he's massive and when he gets pissed, he wobbles. So if he falls, big tree fall hard. Uh, this got me thinking, as you are wise in the world of dinners, what's the best non-rugby dinner you've been to? And are there any that you would like to be invited to you haven't been to yet? I'd like to be invited on the Dunhill Links golf weekend slash dinner. Would you? Yeah. Why? Just love golf and like all the big... All do you really big, love golf, do you? Yeah, all the big boys go there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what... A lot of the dinners I go to are rugby dinners. Most of them are rugby dinners. All of them yeah. are rugby dinners. There's one I went to here... The Celtic Manor, um, where you go online, you know, I think you can get rooms for £88 and a round of golf, something ridiculous like that. Get online, have a go. But there's one for the, the co-op. The co-op had an, um, mm. their, they had a co-op golf day here. And we all went downstairs into one of the rooms, the Carnarvon suite for the dinner after. And on stage, they had all these different games for, for people from the table to, be, to interact yeah. with. So you had to yeah. pick someone from your table to go and do a rowing challenge. So there was eight rowers on stage. Why are you telling us about this? And actually, there was yeah. there was sixteen tables. So they did it in two lots. Yeah. And you had to row as far as you could for a minute in all your clobber. Brutal that. Brutal. Yeah. In your so, formal wear. Yeah. So I got. I would hate that. I'd be sweating all night. I sort of got. Um, I got told I had to go up and do it from the table. So they all pointed at me because obviously, in a shirt and jacket and trousers, I look in great nick. Yeah. And I went up there and I did a pretty decent job. I think I did something like 335 metres. That's very good. 
and I went for it as well. Properly yeah. went for it. Very good. And I thought, oh, that's good. So I won the points for the table then. The, then they did another eight then. So the remaining tables went up and Paul Sculthorpe Scully. was there. He would have been all right, wouldn't he? He, yeah, I was gutted actually. Yeah, he did 350 meters. Oh, punchy! I know, I know. He's long and strong, though, isn't he, Scully? Yeah, never met him. I'd call him Scully. Um, so yeah, he sort of did actually, me on the that. gym the other day. We did this little rowing test, but I'd given him a target. Oh, well done. And I'm not, as you know, mate, I'm not in great nick. I'm just getting back into the gym after a lazy summer. But how far you can row in 30 seconds? I think it was 30 seconds. Yeah, I think I did 200 meters in 30 seconds. That's good, mate. That is. That's really if good. If wants to go at it, I'm sure you'll all beat it. I don't, don't know if that's any good or not. But then they had other things downstairs as well. They had like a skip. You had to, they had skipping challenges. They had horse racing. You had to bet on horse racing. You had all these different challenges mm. upstage for, for the, the table to join in. It was a fantastic oh, idea. Good idea. Um, best dinners I've been to, the SBS dinner that Pin's going to, I've been to that a couple of times. Have you? It's, mate, it's massive. It's massive money in the auction because people love the armed forces, special forces. Yeah. The auction is insane. Never seen anything like it. Insane. There's boxing. It's not just it's, armed forces in the audience, is it? It's not just armed forces. No, it's like David Cameron goes to it. Okay. And like, I mean, there are big. You can take tables at it. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are loads and loads of big dogs there. People oh, you nice. recognise everywhere off the telly in politics and in entertainment and stuff because people love the special forces with good reason. But and all the all the loads of the SF boys are there, so you just and they're just all pissheads. It was just it's just really loose, really good crack. I I was there a couple of years ago and I took a picture and said having a great time at the SPS dinner here, whatever. At, where it was and yeah. I want to say where it was in case I get into trouble and someone tapped me on the shoulder and said is it Mr Flatman I said yeah can you delete that tweet please really said, you're talking 10 minutes later so yeah. someone there watched like delete that tweet for obvious reasons I was like it's really obvious when you say it sorry about that I got that at DIY SOS when I did it recently did you yeah because it's not yeah I don't know where it's going out trying to keep it a secret um, but Oops. also I went, I went to a, and um, oh you got two of you <laughs> yeah I went to Aspinall of London dinner at like a a swanky members club in Mayfair about a year ago <clears throat> and they said do you want to bring a plus one can you bring a ma- an, an influencer so it's an influencer's <laughs> evening right <laughs> so I took tins <laughs> tins in London so it's six till eight drinks reception and then eight o'clock dinner in this club yeah we got there at ten to eight bollocks <laughs> so tins arrived at my hotel and tins can drink right and he had mate mate he'd had he's not he doesn't drink all the time so he hasn't yeah. got an issue he'd had three bottles of rosé I was like I don't believe you and he showed me the receipt so three, but he's been sitting on my own. He's sending me pictures in this bar because I had a lunch that day as yeah. well. And he's like, "Hurry up, I'm on my That's own." That's good drinking. Three bottles of rosé. I'd be on the floor. Anyway, so he arrives at the hotel. We should get a couple of beers in. Yeah, we should go in a minute. Yeah, a couple more beers. We should go in a minute. A couple more beers. We got there twatted, and by the the starter, to sum it up, by the end of the start, the starter was like this chicken pancakey thing. And he, th- he was frisbeeing that down the table at David Gandhi, the supermodel. <laughs> that's, that's the state of the night, right? And he also, Did he go at Kylie Minogue? He also, I don't know. He also threw one at Jennifer Aniston's ex. Um, Brad bro, Pitt. I forgot his name. Not Brad Pitt. But anyway, look, and then he was playing Mercy. You know Mercy? With the female um, creative director of Aspinall of London, basically the, the owner. Yeah. And he went, so he basically knocked her off her chair onto the floor just after main course. It was absolute carnage. And then... I get a text at about 10 o'clock. It's just carnage. And no one else is... Everyone's loving it, by the way. I, think I remember this dinner now. I got a text from Ian Bolshaw saying, you in London, boy. I was like, yeah, I'm with Tins. We're here. And he arrived with a couple of other mates of ours. I remember sitting with David Gandhi. I'll pick that up. And he was like, who are those boys? They look fucked. I was like, oh, it's Bolshaw. I was like, oh, this is Dave Gandhi. He's like, all right, lad. And that was... He was just twatted. It was Properly dominated. 
It was a brilliant night. And then we, the owner had his own, he has his own chauffeur-driven Bentley waiting out the front. We just nicked it. We wanted to lift back to the hotel, so we nicked it. We said, oh, Ian said we can have it. They're like, yeah, okay. Where are you staying? It's like Spearmint Rhino, actually. That <laughs> 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 yeah, was great fun. Yeah, so there you go. Um, just a quick one here from Mark Roberts. Flats, it's Die Young. I like the way he just asked you, Mark, you know, just, just tweet Flats then directly. Don't put it on Flats and Shanks. <laughs> It's Dai Young's job, and I know Dai better than Flats. He was my ex-coach. Um, yeah. It's Dai Young's job on the line after nope. the last few weeks. No nope. bad results. No, nope. they've lost not. their two most influential backs, their two most influential forwards, and they've lost a couple of games. So what? Yeah, they're a different team without um, Cipriani and Nathan Hughes. Cipriani's Nathan Hughes is amazing. Launchbury's amazing. Gopeth is fab, and Danny Cipriani, in terms of creativity and threat ball in hand, he is currently unrivaled in the Prem. I think he's brilliant. Right, I think that's going to be the end of it now. Um, look, if if you guys and girls, if, if you want to recommend anyone that you'd like to hear us interview yeah. online, give us, a, give us a shout, give us an idea of who it's you'd like idea, to, for us to interview, because we're going to try and get someone next week. Well, Don't we might. Who, though. We might. No, we need someone next week. Do we? we? Have some, yeah, I reckon so. I like it and it's just you and me. I don't like people. <laughs> you don't like outsiders, do you? I don't like outsiders. No. Anyway, I've got, a, I've got a race off now because I'm taking my daughter to a posh hockey tournament so my wife can scream and be that knob on the sideline. Oh, nice. I'm off to watch Wales play football tonight against Republic of Ireland. Oh. Last qualifier. Oh. They win this. I think they're through to uh, Come World on Cup. Come you Wales. Oh, I'll be cheering them on. Not yeah. half. I've been told, by the way, that a good tip for really pushy parents is to secretly film them and then show them the next day, show them what they were doing at the game. Okay. I'll do that with my missus, yeah. Well done. Yeah. All right. It's all right, then. Take care. 